0: Transmission by me, Donald Tadine.
1: Make me an island.
0: Love the sound of the bokura band that's on ukpa sharpo uh, getting us started on make me an island you're very welcome to the show as always you can get in touch with me donal at make me an island.ie and on today's show we're going to try something different on the line we have one of my favorite writers kevin barry and we're going to get into talking to him after we hear this from ivor cutler <laughs>
2: I'm sitting on the top of the world with my little black buzzer beside me. My bum is cold and my face is white, and I have a message for you. <laughs> Da da da, it's very cold on the top of the world with my little black buzzer beside me. My bum is cold and my face is white. It's very, very cold up here. da 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 this is my message from the top of the world, from my little black buzzard beside me. My bum is cold and my face is white. This is my message to you. <laughs> <laughs> Da, 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 da. Damn, and, uh, the yeah,
0: gone. that's uh, Ivor Cutler there, uh, a man who's making more sense every day. Kevin, Barry, how are you?
3: I'm good, man. That was a magnificent opener. Yeah. That was, that was just, just just what we needed. Yeah, right exactly.
0: You got the message anyway there that he was saying. I got, got the got, message uh, shortly, loud um, and clear. How, yeah. how are things in Sligo, Kevin, dare I ask?
3: Um, I tell you, I'm, 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 I'm looking out at, at um, kind of reed fields that have just got a lovely kind of warm, goldy colour um, in the springtime. They're just on the edge of Loch Arrow. Um, it's really nice. It's, it's really kind of um, serene and, 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 and placid. Um, we've been, myself and Olivia, my other half, have been here Six, six and a half weeks now uninterrupted, which is the longest we've ever been here without a, a, a spin-off somewhere, you know? Yeah, and were, um, and were you planning
0: so you of, of,
3: Yeah. Well, like in the normal course of things like what's, what is weird the kind of lockdown stuff has made clear to me is how, how <laughs> isolated I am at the best of times, you know, because there isn't that much difference to the day's texture, I guess, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sort of alone in the hills but it's... Um, yeah, it's most weeks, you know, off, you have to go down to Dublin for something, or Galway, or you're good off somewhere yeah. for a night to even, and that breaks it up a lot. So missing that, you know, yeah, sure. it, it, you start to realize how quiet it is. And and, kind and, of, um, but I mean, in
0: terms of, you, of the day-to-day, your your daily practice and, and your writing practice, there's no real change in that. There's a, You didn't exactly go to an office before. No
3: change. No, I've, I've, I always just go to the kind of, the converted shed out the back, which yeah. is um, like what I've noticed strongly, Donald, is that um, the numbers are bad. Production is definitely down. You know? OK, OK. I mean, I'd say I'm doing in terms of a page count or a word count. I'm down to about 30 percent of what it usually is. Yeah. Because we're all just a bit kind of lethargic and distracted with this shit, you know, going yeah. on. Um,
0: how, how much of the news say, do you engage with or do you do you try to ration that?
3: I try to look at it too much because it distracts you so much and it's like you know it's it's a, it's a sad time and it's such a hard time um yeah. and it's weird when you're trying to do something creative um when you're trying to write or whether you're trying to make music or poetry or whatever it is what you're dealing with always is your subconscious you know yeah um and that's where you're drawing it from and it's it's really interesting to me that people are reporting all these strange dreams and really vivid dreams, so this thing is really affecting our our, our subconscious, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's no surprise, I think, really, that the kind of the work rate calms down a bit. But still, you'll get a kind of a, a nice kind of half an hour where you where you're kind of managing to get a few words down, and it kind of it's a lovely distraction, you know. But it's um...
0: yeah, and does does that happen every day, uh, Kevin, or do you go through days or series of days? Oh, where...
3: Jesus! Yeah, I do. I I, I like any time like. Uh, quite outside raging global pandemics you have you have very slow days mm-hmm. i mean it's kind of it's it's kind of waiting you know you're waiting for kind of the voices and the shapes that come out of your subconscious to kind of arrange themselves in some sort of narrative way and a lot of days you're just kind of sitting around there feeling a bit kind of miserable and just kind of staring at the walls and start, mm-hmm. you know, you you know. looking at looking out at the cycle rain but um, yeah then you get the good day that makes it makes it a, worthwhile while where the hand kind of feels a little bit guided as it moves across the page, and you're kind of um, you're 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 getting a little bit of flow going. <laughs> and I I have near mystical ideas about flow and how to try and <laughs> engender flow and how to try get it going. You know, it, yeah. it's 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 strikes me a lot. And as 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 a noted sportsman yourself, Donald, um, who has bestrode the the football pitches yeah. of the nation, um, it it strikes me a lot as being a bit like physical fitness yeah uh, there's a kind of a writing fitness um it's a, it's a matter of doing it all the time mm-hmm. like yeah as anyone knows who tries to get who tries to get physically fit the hard part is getting there once you get fit yeah. to maintain it it's so bad it's trying to get to that place where yeah. you haven't i think writing is very like that if, if you're doing it all the time it's not so bad if 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 you leave a gap come into it if you don't do it for a few days yeah it can be like you're away for months trying to get the thread of it back so there I, is I was, it was something
0: of, actually there was a kind of muscle memory involved as such
3: I think so, definitely. I, it was actually something the late um, Dermot Healy, the writer, said to me as well at one time. He said, you know, do it every day. Even if you're only even if you're only looking at something for half an hour, it's just kind of keeping the thread of it going, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just kind of keeping it on that shelf that's at yeah. the back of your mind and your, your subconscious places. Uh, uh, and, and
0: we'll say, does that what form, matter? or form does that take in terms of so you're writing at a computer, but do you also keep notebooks then or how does that work?
3: Oh, I do I, I, I write a lot in longhand actually often if, if it doesn't seem to be happening on the screen, I will, I will go to a notebook. I also draw quite a lot yeah. um, in, a, in a pretty inept way. Uh, but I like the sketch and I find that kind of it kind of distracts me from worrying about the writing. Yeah. and as you just kind of doodle and draw the pictures, Notions can come, and you can kind of get past blocks in that way. Yeah. Um. I, I listen to music. I listen to music all the time in 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 the shed Yeah. Um. As well. Just, um sometimes it might be tuning into the radio, but yeah. But I, I, I a, a great a great deal of uh,
0: just of on kind that, of on that subject, Kevin. Right. Um. Seeing as as it's uh, as music show at present, anyway. But um. So like from 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 the beginning with your writing was music. Enmeshed in that whole journey, or was it kind of a separate thing? So going back right back to the start, or, or how did that feel at the time?
3: Oh yeah, I think it's. Um, I think actually something that's common to a lot of writers is um, a kind of sense of about been like failed or disappointed musicians, or frustrated musicians. You know, yeah. like if I could sing, I've often said, if I could sing or play the piano, I'd be grand. You know, I wouldn't have yeah. to write stories. Yeah. But I'm not able to sing play the piano to any, any manageable degree. So, did, you, so. did you
0: try to learn how to, to play something?
3: I never did, really. I never got past the kind of, you know, a chord and a half on an acoustic guitar when I was about 14. Mm-hmm. And I like bought, bought it like a note organ. Oh, yeah. didn't,
0: didn't we all? I think I, think I, I, I too, love the idea of it, but um, the, the practical side of it yeah. just wasn't
3: for me. You know, the only thing I actually actually... My 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 most advanced musical uh, uh, adventure was at the age of what? I must have been kind of eleven. Uh, I was in the the CBS pipe band in 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 Limerick. Wow! Um, in a kilt, I was on the tenor drums. The ones you like swing them in the air. You oh know, right! And you Jesus. Swing the drums in. Yeah. And and I loved a lot of the kind of marches and stuff like that. I I never got picked to go out on the St. Patrick's Day parade. Oh my god. I was kind of on, I was kind of on the the four team as, in terms of the pipe band, you the, know. The non-music was, playing uh, team. Yeah. And, and Jesus what, what the... happened is, well, This is a true story. What happened is band practice night fell on the same night as um TJ Hooker, which was a <laughs> show with, uh, with William Shatner. Yeah, and, I know but I and know it well. And a young Heather Locklear, and at the age of eleven, I I developed a kind of a, a morbid fascination with Miss Heather Locklear, and I and I I just I just couldn't, couldn't I just couldn't forsake T.J. Hooker. Yeah, yeah, for the sake so you, of you uh,
0: abandoned your
3: pipe and, and band yeah. dreams. I abandoned I abandoned uh, my tenor drums. And yeah.
0: uh, in in playing that, right, is the little swingy thing before you hit the drum? Is that the tricky bit, or
3: is it what's the how hard is it? That's 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 the funny bit. Yeah, it's it's actually. A, I'm remembering now. That it, 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 it's 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 quite it's quite difficult. There's a lot of timing involved. Because um, hmm. you've got to do a little bit of a circus actually, thing as well that, as a, as an actual musician thing. Yeah, there's a little so bit it, of circus. There's, involved. There's, a, there's a there's a little bit of sliced on going on. There's a little bit of showmanship <laughs> involved. Um, you're in the kilt. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're kind of you you're you're kind of carrying it. You know. Um, I right. think the more knacky guys the more knacky kids musically were put on the pipes right. and then the slightly less knacky guys were put on the snare drums and then the guys who were just like yeah showed up you, you can go on the tenor drums lads you know yeah but it's I, uh the yeah, this is all yeah. coming back to by the way that I, hi- I haven't talked about pipe band days in
0: years w- w- yeah. you weren't the guy that was chucking the thing into the air no that that seemed like a great job
3: Oh man, I was years away from that. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> well the the, the hierarchy of those um
0: of those systems, right? There's um I mean I mean my my thing was being an altar boy, but there was certain levels where okay, there was the crucifix carrying guy, number one guy, and then there was the incense guy, and then there was all the way down to sort of like um, you know, taking a candle or something like that, but um, it's funny, isn't it, the way those little hierarchies, they who mean so who? much when it you're the, 10. There
3: was the dude who, um, when the Holy Communion, the dude who held the tray the pat- under it the people's... Was uh... A
0: patent, Kevin. patent. <laughs> yeah. awesome Hold the patent. I the mean, patent. I, I haven't really thought about. it. Did you ever get through that? Oh, well, all the time in relays, but ringing the bell was my thing. That was like, um, I guess there was a little bit of rock and roll involved in getting to ring the bell, you know. <laughs> Um, Jesus, were, it's,
3: it's weird talking about talking about talking about mass and churches. Uh, in we're like we're about half a mile outside the village here. Yeah. And it's like I, I'm, I'm not religious. I don't go to mass or them. But it's um, the, the priest locally is a lovely guy. He's a Filipino uh, priest called Father Julian. And he's been doing a really lovely thing. He's been kind of singing on the loudspeaker every night. Wow. He's been kind of just sort of singing little hymns and stuff out. And it's really—it's kind of, even if you don't have a religious bone in your body, it's kind of lovely to hear it, you know? Oh, it's, been, it's been really nice.
0: It sounds like a, a great effort on his part. I kind of uh, immediately yeah. like, like that guy.
3: Yeah, no, it was, it was great. I, I've only ever been in the church i think twice for like funerals since we came here 13 yeah. years ago but it yeah. was uh, it's kind of nice to hear it. It, it it's so strange though the quiet isn't it i mean oh, yeah. we're kind of a bit used to it here but well, Mount it Choice must be very Square, strange be yeah no i have yeah.
0: noticed the last few days there's um an increase in traffic but um so in this flat that i'm in um up until this I mean, coping, adjusting to the noise of, of uh, the, one of the busiest streets in town uh, took a while. Yeah. And uh, and that part... Are is, you just
3: off the Purnell Street? You're just up from Pernell Street, so are you?
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. Very close. And yeah, uh, yeah. just the extension of Gardner Street, but um, yeah, a phenomenally busy oh, road. But that part of has course. been unbelievable. I mean, the park is across the road and... Um, and now the park seems closer somehow because this highway is kind of gone. I mean, it's just kind of a busy road now. Um, but that that part is, is unbelievable. I mean, the thing for me, there's many things going on. One of the things um, we'll say with the sport thing, um, you just discover so many things about how it was you used to spend your time and distract yourself. That being, you know, like yeah. a, a large part of the time, just living in that fantasy world of... Thinking that that the next Arsenal game is really important or whatever, yeah. you know, like or, or, or just yeah. trying to find out what the, what just happened. There's nothing. All of that's gone. I think I find that quite difficult. But
3: it is you. You realize, yeah, you realize how, how large a, a part of your brain is occupied by things like that. I mean, you yeah. know, all your distractions. About, you know about matches, matches United or whatever it is. Like, yeah, yeah, and it's kind of, I don't know. it, it it's it's funny. I mean you would imagine like you'd never have such a good time to kind of sit down and read a book but it's kind of it's kind of it seems strangely hard as well yeah. at the moment it yeah. it's, you sit there and you're finding you're kind of antsy and a little bit distracted and stuff yeah. um i don't know i hope we all come out of it a bit more kind of um a bit kind of more a bit more kind of humble about our place in 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 the scheme of things you know that it's all so, it's so fragile really it's a, it's a um,
0: massive reset in that sense isn't it
3: isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 it all kind of falls away so 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 very quickly. Is there any sign of any foxes or anything in Mount Joyce? Oh Square? yeah, there's been
0: a, a return of the foxes, big time, and oh, and me. the sound of birdsong too. I mean, even in this part, which is very much in the middle of the city, uh, I've noticed, uh, you know, the sound is totally changed, and and generally that noise pollution thing has opened up a lot of uh, possibilities, or at least. It Has brought that the bird song back into my world anyway, and foxes, yeah, loads of times. Uh, do, you, do, you,
3: do you ever listen to a fellow called Ernest Hoods? No, you come across that name, he's um, he was operating, I think, mainly out of Portland, Oregon, in the kind of um, late 70s and up to kind of the late 80s. I, I just found him randomly, I think, through the Wire magazine or something, oh, yeah, and started looking him. In- spotify and he used to do basically kind of um just found recordings in 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 and around portland um so he'd just be like in a shop and he'd recording bits and bits of bird song and a bit in the park and putting some sort of little very simple keyboard melodies over them oh, ernest hoods oh, is my recommendation
0: h-o-o-d-s
3: that's the man oh, uh, that, he's my recommendation today ladies and gentlemen and just just in How terms that of that guy? kind of lovely weird kind of simple eerie little soundtracks mm. you know which were all I, I think the, the need
0: for kind of uh, something kind of like that ambient sounds and and, uh, and such music like that also is kind of uh, i think people need to find these kind of things that are that help in this well, challenging times
3: because yeah, really what we're listening to is ourselves <laughs> you know yeah. what you can hear when when all sure. the the external noise yeah falls away mm-hmm. what you realize with what you're listening to all the time is your own crazy fucking consciousness. Ter- ter-
0: terrifying <laughs> yeah. thought. It's terrifying. Um, maybe we should consult <laughs> go Fat Larry's band at this point. Um, I, think, I
3: don't know. I think we need to get to Fat Larry. Urgently. Kevin, yeah. Kevin what,
0: what about, um? I, I know we being the same age and being in the same places uh, for certain parts of our life, i.e. Cork, the only place sure. in the '90s, Um so this this would have been pre '90s. Fat Larry's band Zoom, but I, I can is, yeah. distinctly remember the sight of Fat Larry and his band, and oh, the whole uh, nature of Zoom. I presume it's the same for you, right?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, I guess it must be. I'd say this song is maybe from maybe from '83 or '84 or something Around like that. Then, yeah. um, I think it was there. I think they might they might have had a couple of kind of small hits in the US. They had one one hit in the in the UK, mm-hmm. which we would have seen on top of the pops, which was Zoom. Um, mm-hmm. It became a bit of a thing subsequently in the back bar of Sir Henry's. Um, people would have, uh, which was kind of the chill out space, and Zoom would have been playing a little bit late on of of, of an evening. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those lovely happy songs, yeah. um, and it, it just naturally brings you to a very kind of a warm place. Yeah. Um, there's a little sad story afterwards, but maybe we should hear yeah, the song yeah, first.
0: Yeah, let's, let's hear the song first and go to the happy place and we'll hear the uh, sad <laughs> thing afterwards. Okay, Fat Larry's Band.
1: my whole world.
0: until about five weeks ago, the word Zoom meant Fat Larry's Band. It means something else now. Um, it was 1982, Kevin. And um, I just... 18? Uh, wow. Yeah, and, and I think... So if you're, if you're I think, uh, on the same trajectory as me, um, the obsession with Top of the Pop started around 80, 81. And, um, you know, there's a kind of... Um, I guess, I don't know if it's the same case with you, but in our case, there wasn't any uh, sort of sound reproduction equipment in the house. There was a TV. And uh, so when I got into music, I... I had no interest whatsoever in farming, zero, it was like. um, But I knew that if I went to the mart with my dad, I could possibly try to hoodwink him into buying a stereo, which he did on the basis of saying, well, you know those um, singing sessions that you go to? Well, you could record something and it would be amazing for you, you know what I mean? So so he came back with one of those flat well i was with him so it was it had a flat thing but it had crucially it had a light a red light and you know what it was like in in 81 it's and 82 it, yeah. was it was dark and um and the idea yeah. of there being a red light on something was exciting in some kind of stupid way but the, so the thing was you, pre- you press the eject button and the thing would slap it had a, a rather um sort of um, whatever that sort of ergonomic right. motion it was um so you, they, they put the thing oh, back man, down no, and then no, put no, it against the TV. Yeah. Exactly. Put it against the TV while Top of the Pops was on. So for 81 and 82, my initial listening to music, um, it was always done through the medium of the family dinner because the, 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 the tape recorder was up against the TV, Top of the Pops was going on. I was telling the other five members of the family to shut up while... I was listening to PhD and I won't let you down and Zoom and Fat Larry's band. So yeah. listening back to those things, I had the sound of uh, my brothers telling me that I'd taken their peas and stuff like that. But
3: <laughs> so we all start somewhere. Um, Dan, I, 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 I 1981. I made my confirmation. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you went around then collecting for your confirmation money. Oh, yeah. You went through relations and stuff like that. And I remember, like, it started badly. I was going to the first uncle I thought was a short touch. I thought, there's a fibre coming here, definitely, you know. And he uh, he gave me two sausage rolls. <sighs> <Fuckin'
0: laughs> converted into it. that.
3: <laughs> but I, I, did, I, I got together about 30 quid, and I bought, like, um, a double cassette.
4: Oh. Uh,
3: a sh- It was a sharp. A, a double cassette player, tape to so tape. the that, tape to tape man, and I could uh, detach speakers. I, man, no, I don't. No, okay. I don't think so. Um, and I could, I could record the top thirty then and start to. Could yeah, you could make tapes. You could You, you make for
4: people?
3: could make tapes, and then the big, the big tape making days came a bit later. You know, yeah. in the yeah. romantic teenage times when you're making the love tapes. Oh yeah. Uh, but it was, yeah. I, I, my, my knowledge of kind of, the UK charts up till about nineteen eighty six, is from about nineteen eighty to eighty six. is still kind of encyclopedic. You know, oh, yeah. I, I won't be cut out. Um, after that, it fades because after that, you know, you're 16, seventeen. You're, you're listening to cooler stuff and you're going out to, clubs and stuff a bit more. Or you're yeah. starting to, and, and you, you, put, yeah, it's
0: did, it's, it's did it's, the um did the. Did the what point did music become kind of like because in, in my case it, it happened pretty early where I was like, Oh, like identity, I can be different from which I did or tried very hard to be different, but um, so music was my kind of the spur in order to kind of try some kind of vague way to express myself. So, um, for instance, you know, in the kind of early days of going to see the Hot House flowers, I remember wearing a hat and getting the piss taken out of me and (laughs) very justifiably it was a ridiculous situation i shouldn't have been in it shouldn't have been wearing it but um but you know what i mean as in that this kind of music gives you some kind of confidence so i can remember being at um you know the way that we'll say i guess entertainment dances where buses would come from different villages but um I, I always would I'd notice the person who was listening to music from Mill Street or from Bantier or from these places because it looked a little bit different, you know, and you could kind of spot them. Um, I guess that's the same. There's idea. one in every town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> at least one in every yeah. town. And you,
3: and you just find your, you just find your, you find your little tribe, don't you, at school and stuff as well, you know that. Um, and it's 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 yeah, Jesus, I remember. Um, it seems so innocent. Like I remember going to uh, going to, going to going to see was it David Bowie at slain in a bus with the, like the priest brought us up <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in a in a kind of a mini bus kind of a thing, and it, it was it was this was that's a bit later now. This is eighty seven. It was the, yeah. the infamous yeah. gla- Glass Spider tour, which was fucking terrible. Like yeah, it was. You know, it like, was there. It was mm. the worst. Were you there? Like, I was indeed. <laughs> Uh, and what, it was an actual glass spider wasn't there like it was well, i couldn't see
0: anything i couldn't see anything i didn't know what was happening and um I, i'd been to queen the year before as well but maybe i shouldn't mention that but um <laughs> oh, but yeah. I, I don't know which one was worse probably bowie because of the disappointment
3: it was terrible and i think yeah he he, he kind of wasn't with the project at all at that time in his life i think and he, was, he was kind of just kind of phoning yeah. it in a bit yeah. but it was um but yeah generally generally i mean I, I, I still listen to, to to music from 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 that era a bit yeah. uh, um, but it's uh I, I, I think what happened with me in music is from I'd say from the age of like 13, 14 until I was about 20 was the main thing. It was the biggest thing yeah, um, yeah. in my life and then from my early 20s on books kind of took over a little bit. Mm-hmm. you kind of have the you kind of have the headspace where you kind of for one major obsession with little side obsessions going on and for me, and were the books
0: there uh, earlier on, too, or were I was you just kind a
3: reader? Of... Yeah, I was yeah. always a reader. It's amazing, actually, that teenage brain—you can you can soak up so much stuff in it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think as a as a writer or as any kind of artist later on, that's all that foundational stuff that goes in when you're a teenager Mm -hmm. always remains there as 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 the key kind of um Mm -hmm. as one of the key things that influences what you try to do in in your own work but but in terms of
0: of we'll say that young mind um in terms of something to kind of bring you up or elevate you or put you into some position where you think i suppose you you start dreaming in some way that something's possible like music is an incredible source of that sort of stuff right it's it's one it's the greatest thing well does it does
3: does yeah there's nothing that that triggers you so um, immediately, emotionally. You know mm-hmm. that just puts you in a place so quickly, emotionally. Oh, and it, it often seems like all other art forms are aspiring to the condition of music. You mm-hmm. know, are trying to, are trying to be that effective in the way they kind of manipulate our our, our emotions. But it's, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it, it, it's it's, and I, you know, the 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 nicest thing you can say about a piece of writing or or a piece of film or anything almost as a a musical quality you know it has that kind of sense to it Um, Um,
0: and Kevin can we go from the back bar of Henry's to the front bar for a while or sorry I I actually you know what I have to confess I know that this is not going to go down well in court but I I was never in Sarah Henry's and the thing is that um I just wasn't into music like that at the time that it was in its heyday. but also um but DJing subsequently right if I'm you know, for for throughout the the sort of early two thousands, late nineties, late nineties, early two thousands, um, I spent a lot of time in in uh, other cities, which was great. London, Barcelona, in particular, uh, mm. checking out, buying music, finding music, all those things, and it was a luxury. But so I I was buying records from those sources. Uh, at the time that Greg and Shane were just the beginning of their heyday. Their hey heyday is kind of everlasting. In fact, but yeah. <laughs> um. So, I mean, in, in an incredible way. But so at the, at the beginning, at that time, I mean, there were just gods. and, But subsequently, if I play, if I decide to play an old classic out that in my terms, what's an old classic, I pull out a, a record from the bag that I haven't played in a long time. Invariably, if there's a crowd, somebody's going to charge through the crowd and shout, yeah. Henry's classic, boy, Henry's classic. <laughs> and uh, the amount of times that's happened. But then, uh, yeah, and I've also, yeah, but it's just, yeah, there's people that, that, yeah, they're still in that place, but you were one of those people.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think house music became a big thing for me from about. I remember uh, with a couple of friends from Limerick, we went, um, you know, the classic gone to London for the summer and, and working, washing mm-hmm. dishes and, and and stuff like that. And we had a squat on um, just off Tottenham Court Road, but near Goon Street Station. And we were kind of we were about 19 and kind of musically kind of not known. We were looking for something, but we were looking for something. We were kind of almost old before time. We were kind of listening to Leonard Cohen and kind of Nick Cave and kind of Neil Young and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then we noticed this was like summer 88, I think in mm-hmm. London. And we started to notice all these very happy looking kids in day glow clothes yeah. around the place. For, for what, people. what are people. Are yeah. What? What, what are they listening to and realizing then there's this acid house thing going on yeah. and starting to listen to it a little bit over the next couple of years and then really getting heavily into it from the kind of 1990 or so and 1991 yeah. um, and I was always drawn to the more kind of the the lower beats per, per minute um, mm-hmm. uh, especially after 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 moving to Cork because there was a city ordinance that not over 120 beats <laughs> per minute was allowed like that was, that was, that was, uh, yeah, a speed limit it,
0: effectively. It, yeah, absolute it, 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 speed in, limit. Yeah.
3: From, from Bishopstoke, you're, you uh, to... you're now entering
0: 120 BPM. You're now entering. <laughs> Keep it down.
3: It's about 110. there. <laughs> um, but the, the stuff that I find from that kind of early nineties, yeah. Really, kind of early period that I can still listen to a lot mm-hmm. It's the kind of the, the very classic kind of Detroit, mm-hmm. um, techno, very stripped down, minimal. Yeah. Um. So, so I mean, I, I you always think about the kind of the, the 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 holy trinity of Detroit techno: Derek May and Juan Atkins, and Kevin Saunderson. Yeah. Um, Kevin Saunderson, I think, was the only one who went on to have some sort of poppy kind of commercial yeah, success with Inner City, exactly. Kind exactly. Of stuff.
0: But he he was um he was a New Yorker actually, Kev. That went to um that was went, he, went uh, to yeah he went to Detroit when he was nine or something, but um yeah I mean the Holy Trinity for sure, um it's incredible the way that that music that that music that came out of Detroit um still sounds so relevant and I mean it had an energy uh, I think that was. You know, it's a fascinating city, and um, and the conditions in which really interesting things happen, uh, musically, um, I mean, there's a very particular kind of uh, set of conditions, and Detroit had that magic, um, and, and 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 you know, like a, a lot of it. It's was amazing, kind of
3: isn't it? The way, yeah, a spirit of it's, resistance, it's as way, such you know. It's amazing the way a place um, feeds feeds music. So 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 yeah. so. so vividly and so vibrantly. yeah i mean that's how Um, that's
0: how sounds develop in a place you know that's how uh, the detroit sound develops because there's a cultural a kind of a a a cultural shift or the tectonic plates move and something opens up and all of the conditions that are there and and the need and the desire to make something um create something and uh, and that's obviously what happened in detroit and it just it's a fire that burned brightly and still does i think will we listen to um Kevin Saunderson, the, the sound power. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So this, let's do that. It's called the groove that won't stop. Is that the right mix, Kevin? Sorry, did I just get that wrong? Oh
3: yeah, that's 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 the, that's the that's one I've been listening to. Um, on we walk, yeah, a, 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 a banger. Is that's the only word for And
0: um, it's kind of, I suppose, it's striking to have been around at that time when when that kind of language, as such, which it which it definitely is, as in the the language of electronic music, suddenly became. You know, um, I guess uh, a lot of people tuned into that and. Um, I, I don't know if it felt the same for you, but but the first time that, that I heard that music big in a, in, in a way that I was kind of feeling it um, mm. was just kind of so struck by the scale of, of what was possible with uh, electronic production, you know, like as in for the sound freak, um, it was such an amazing development really for, for, for those yeah. who tuned into that.
3: And- and with something like that kind of very classic Detroit techno, you can just you you can you can you can hear it a my off, can't you? It can, yeah. It, can't be any, it couldn't be anything else. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's so kind of um, like it's very cinematic in some ways. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you 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 kind of picture yourself in the scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you have that on the headphones and you're walking along, and it's, you know it just like 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 some of the like one of the things the very best music does it changes the way you carry yourself. You know, you sure. find a certain kind of a, a slope coming into the walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you listen to that as you go around and it's um <laughs> I I suppose that, that that end of electronic music, um, the kind of, the, the, the the Detroit people and stuff like that. Maybe comes most most uh of all dance music that comes most directly from the kind of jazz um yeah. heritage and that sort of side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but it but but again Bringing so much from disco and kind of soul into it Mm -hmm. as well. Um, they are kind of still operating a lot of those. those, Yeah, absolutely. Oh, aren't they, Donald? Oh yeah,
0: totally. And uh, and I mean, just like I say, there there's things that have uh, come and gone that have been you know successful in that department. That are just so transient we'll say you know the the, the kind of uk stuff like fat boy slam all that stuff that was that at the time was was masquerading as some kind of revolution it just seems so thin now whereas this stuff it's probably, yeah it's just and i think the jazz thing is is definitely instructive there because you know you're talking about um you know yeah it was in the blood there it was it was it runs deep and uh and that whole yeah. that whole movement was definitely very much after jazz, I think post jazz. But it
3: was also it uh, like it's so interesting that it was um, coming out of a city that was just absolutely spectacularly on 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 the downs, you know, on its yeah. uppers.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, just just like that, it almost in the 1980s become like almost like second world kind of conditions. Yeah. Uh, um, and for this to rise out of that, and it's just it's just it's just so interesting the way you know. Did you ever I get city. to go there? I, I, I've never been to Detroit. Um, mm-hmm. Olivia, my, my wife spent a summer there mm-hmm. uh, on, on, on the, the J1 thing. She was the only Irish child who ever went to Detroit. on Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's, it, uh, it's not a destination of choice. No, it's it's changed a lot, I think, hasn't it? I mean, it's become like a lot of kind of, they had a scheme to move artists there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of visual artists moved there. It was a great city scheme. I think like you could buy a house for 10 grand or something like mm-hmm. that was the deal. Okay. Uh, the, you had to live in it and work in it, um, and that's that. That's brought the place back a lot, I think. That kind of stuff. Um, it's it's just I don't know. With everything that's going on, you wonder: Do we have to start to reimagine? You know, yeah. What what cities are for, and what 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 they're about, and how do how do we make them? you know, more, yeah. more, 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 more human places to live in. And, and, and it's definitely a time for kind of, you know, big, 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 big questions to be asked. For it? sure.
0: Absolutely. And, and just how we operate, because I think we just have to change how we operate. So it is, it is the time for thinking yeah. about that.
3: I like, I don't know. I like I moved, I moved to the countryside moved to a rural place like 13 years ago now mm-hmm. and a lot of the time it seems like a great idea and a lot of the time it seems like oh jesus you know it's february and it's tuesday and it's raining yeah. and it's cold and like, oh god like there's not just there's, there's very little to kind of keep sparking you creatively but then you realize after a while actually i I, I can actually sustain myself you know yeah. I, I, can, I can just do my kind of writing here and i'm, I'm lucky enough to be able to get by yeah I like you know if i if i lived in a city i would have to i'd have to be teaching or something as well mm-hmm. as the right what, so, what was so. the last time
0: that you spent an extended period in a city
3: it would have been uh dublin in for the first couple of years when we had the house from 2007 we still had a flat in dublin yeah olivia was teaching in dcu at that stage and uh we had, we had a flat for a couple of years in up until then, I was always in cities. For yeah. three years before that, I was Liverpool. For three years before that, I was Edinburgh. Then, mm-hmm. like ten and, years at Cork and over and back to London and that kind of Irish. And, and in
0: recent well. times, Kevin, where where were you a, a couple of years ago in South America? Right.
3: Yeah, for the last two years. I mean, the the good thing about living cheap in 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 a in in the northwest as well as you can you can get away for a bit of the winter. You know, mm-hmm. if, if if you're lucky. So we went to Uruguay um which is an amazing place yeah We Montevideo uh we just got a cheap place for 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 a couple of months um it's like it's it's a bit cheaper than ireland as a, as mm-hmm. you around the place it's 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 you know summer there in our winter so it's and lovely a, a progressive winter. society right absolutely yeah it's got proper legal marijuana yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know it, it's a very well-run country like it's very open socially and very liberal they're quite uh fiscally conservative so it's it's by south american standards it's kind of very steady eddy you know right, uh, right, um, right. It, they, they really handle the coronavirus thing really kind mm-hmm. of well and diligently they're only a couple of hundred cases um and it's yeah. it's
0: they're they're, they're they're really nice kind of diligent people i've anyone your i've known
3: in dublin can do anything yeah laid back affable mm-hmm. um like it feels physically like you're walking around a small spanish or italian city but they're they're not as kind of they're not as kind of um they're not as kind of uh front foot forward as spanish and independent mm-hmm. people they're not as kind of chatty and talkative, they're a little mm-hmm. bit reserved, okay. which is lovely. Um really, yeah. really nice place to be. Um and it's nice it's nice to get away someplace bar far away, for a while. Yeah. It'll be a while before we, we do yeah. so I,
0: I guess the ambition would be to, to, to would you like to explore more of that part of the world I would. South I would. America?
3: Yeah. I I really I really want to go to Colombia. Yeah. Uh, um um, Olivia's less, 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 less enthusiastic. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've, I've been talking to our mutual friend uh, Brian Cross, B plus, yeah, uh, the yeah. photographer, but he, he of course has big links with Brazil and goes down that, that, mm-hmm. that part of the world all the time. Um, and it's just really good to reorientate your geography. You know, realize mm-hmm. they don't center of the universe that there's a there's, there's another a, hemisphere there's another there's a whole lot of stuff out uh, there kevin
0: before we, we round off our musical chat we got to visit jamaica right because uh you know yeah, for, for obvious reasons um where did the the reggae i mean I, i'm just presuming the answer is cork again but the um i mean it's the national sound of the republic of cork
3: it is there was always a, there was always the reggae thing in cork from pubs like the donkey's ears on union key would always have dub reggae sessions going and it was always dub reggae nights and those little sound systems um around town yeah um i would have put a limerick also had its thing um yeah. I, I i remember it, like even mid 80s there was a guy he used to go around to pubs doing kind of essentially a, a bob marley uh tribute act on acoustic guitar he's fantastic he was used to do like yeah, I used to do Marley songs in a Limerick accent, you know, it was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's like, I, 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 the song I, I, I picked, I could really pick any one of a uh, hundred thousand yeah. sort reggae songs, but I was listening to this an awful lot on, I think it was on a Don Letts compilation. Okay. Uh, it's a, an was absolutely looking.
0: amazing tune, but um, it yeah. actually produced by Bunny Lee, right? And, um, Okay. I just looked him up there last night, and and his real name is um, Edward O'Sullivan Lee, so we're going to claim him for the, um, wow, this, both Lee and O'Sullivan, but let's listen to that, and we'll just chat again there, okay?
1: Sure.
5: judgment in this time. All the days of my life in the outside
0: That's Johnny Clark, produced by uh, Edward O'Sullivan, Bunny Lee, and that's called uh, "Shall Escape the Judgment." Um, Kevin, I suppose one of the, King-
3: one of the Kingston O'Sullivans. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's I I would um, listen to that almost on repeat while I was uh, while I was writing my, my my novel, City of Bohan. Okay. Um, and a lot of people about that novel always said to me, "Is it is it Limerick or is it Cork?" You know, and I always said, "It's Kingston for folks." Sake. <laughs> <laughs> it's just basically imagining. It's imagining, like there's definitely sometimes with a with a with a Cork accent, you could definitely hear it veering off towards the Caribbean a little bit, and, oh, and it's just it's just this misfortunate accident of geography that it's not a properly sunny place, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely.
0: But there, there's that 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 kind of um, I guess it's. Uh... You know, it's it's almost sung, the accent uh, speaking the yeah. speaking voice is almost singing and it's just exactly the same in Cork.
3: Yeah, it's, it's it's beautiful track actually. I hadn't actually listened to it in a little while. Johnny Clark, um, uh, don't know much about him. He he just seventy four
0: and seventy five were his big years and and that was right. a huge tune. But um, I was reading up about Bunny Lee there yesterday as well, and um, yeah. I mean I'm I'm obsessed with that era. Well, going back to late fifties. And all throughout the '60s, I don't think there's any more interesting amalgamation of sound as as the beginning of ska and rocksteady and yeah. reggae because it just you can you can almost see it if you if you know it's something almost that's that's visual in the sense that you know it came from. The R&B, which ripped up the, or, I mean, just it, the decade of the 50s was all about dancing and the sound systems in yeah. Kingston. Um, that era so fascinating. The whole idea of there being people waiting at the ships to get the records, scratching the names of the records, the competition between the sound systems. I mean, the way it began, I mean, it kind of, there's elements of that still in DJ, kind of gone now, but the whole excitement and the buzz of what that was all yeah. about, I think it's just fascinating. And then... You know it was people like Coxon Dodd and Duke Reed realized what, that these people needed a kind of an indigenous sound and it was the collision or the the, the mixture of of what was local sounds, mento and calypso and the r and b and the jazz so um I mean it's just like uh, one of these things that if you get deep into it, you can really see uh, that kind of uh, the lightning moment of, of where it all came together there's, a, um, there's an amazing book called Bass culture Oh yeah, I've
3: read that yeah I think. Uh, fantastic. Um, I can't remember who's, who's the author. I have it there in the fire room. Yeah. But yeah, I, 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 one, of, one of the things I love um, coming out of that era as well is the um, is I think one of the great artistic gestures of the twentieth century was was Lee Scratch Perry deciding to burn down down the Black Ark Studio, burn That's it to sure. the ground, yeah, because it was possessed by doppies, both by evil spirits yeah and that that's the kind of thing we need <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. He,
0: he gave up the weed and the drink but he never gave up the uh, pyromania in actual fact no, if you stuck with that he's yeah, still into lighting and fires and uh, all of that stuff metaphorically and physically
3: i i used to see some um, i used to see some great shows in london in the kind of mid-90s at the mm-hmm. hackney empire um, you'd you'd get like Lee Scratch Perry and stuff like that, in all 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 the time, and African Head Charge, and people like that. It was just, oh, yeah. it was just, it was just a great. Heavy I, I,
0: I saw I saw a Lee Perry show in um, in London too, and uh, he's hit like he's hit and miss. Oh Jesus, <laughs> it, it was more miss now than anything. But yeah. one of the things that was just kind of fascinating as a young Republican Irish man was just how the terrible things he said about the Queen, which. You know, I'd be tempted to repeat them in private, but I'd be afraid of repeating them in private. Definitely not in public. But um, uh, he gave Queen Elizabeth an awful doing altogether. Poorly. I mean, uh, it was amazing. Um, but yeah, that—that—that's. I mean, that whole thing of of what he did in the Black Ark with rudimentary equipment. I mean, the thing is, like, all of them really. Um, Bunny Lee used a a, a a phrase yesterday. I read implements of sound when he was talking about oh, yeah. what he did. Right, <laughs> but an awful lot of what they did was was effectively uh, like sonic sleight of hand. You know, like um, Lee Perry. I'm not sure which martial art it was, but if you look at any footage from him, of him from the 70s operating in the Black Ark, he's jumping around the place. He looks like he could kick your head off any second, and <laughs> and that kind of uh, his his physical kind of demeanor, his his carriage, or, or the way he carried himself, um, I think that that definitely is part of of just how he was capable of of making things work for him, um, which is kind of interesting. Just on the carriage thing, something you said earlier, Kevin, about you know that the the music alters the way you carry yourself. But I saw yeah. um, Miles Davis, a, a great rabbit hole to go down is Miles Davis interviews. Um, just mean oh, in that the, the world's there. greatest. Uh, dresser and the you know the most interesting uh, musician and also you know a, an incredible um, interviewee and uh, he had a yeah I mean if you look at the documentary he had a thing that happened with his voice that made him talk like that but then the later interviews he says some amazing shit all together he, he somebody asked him what do you ask what do you look for in a musician you've played with all the greats what what is it that you look for in a musician and his answer was his carriage it's like oh, it's uh, oh, wow. how, how he picks up his instrument, how he walks in the room, how he opens the door and, and all of these things. Which, no, nothing to do with, um, the, well, you know, uh, okay. pre- precursor okay. to the do music. You know, but...
3: We have to we have to go from Miles to Yeats, right, because Yeats also believed very much in the same kind of thing. Really? Um, and he, he, he used the Italian word spresatura. OK, yeah. which means, yeah. again, it's kind of how you carry yourself, how you display yourself in the world. Okay. And the whole thing behind it is um, you, it has to look effortless. Right, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you you maybe have to put a lot of work into it, but mm-hmm. it, it should look on the surface completely effortless, right? And it's, it's that kind of attitude. And it was the word comes from, I think, medieval like statecraft and dipl- diplomacy in Italy in the, in the medieval times. Wow, um, right. if you were negotiating a border or something, you had to look as if you didn't really care. Wow, and it just came into being as a kind of a way you carry yourself. Yeah. Um, and Yeats totally bought into this. Uh, it's almost as in. The clothes make the man almost kind of a thing. It's it's yeah. so much is down to the way yeah. you display yourself in the world. Oh, um, and And the way you... Or, or how, how the project, you approach... It's kind
0: of a, a front. Absolutely. Or how you approach security at the electric picnic, because I'm, I'm not a drinker, right? I, uh, but I smuggle drink for people all the time because of my ability to carry myself through those um, situations. Not exactly the same, but it is, I guess, I, I love that Spresatura idea. I'm going to look that up, actually. So um,
3: there's something in so there, isn't the there? To go. And, and
0: so Yates was it big is into that.
3: Big. Yeats was big into this notion um, of 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 how to of how to how to display yourself in the world, yeah. And 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 his his thinking really was that it was a, so much of life was just like an inch deep, you know. Mm-hmm. How you carry yourself can dictate how you are and dictate all else. And mm-hmm. it's a kind of I remember once talking to um, I was in Aliees down on the edge of the Barra Peninsula. Oh, yeah. beautiful place. Um, Amazing place. I was in the pub one night and I was talking to a a local guy in Alphala, well into his 70s, um, sat up at the bar. Uh, This was a man, I would say, with a beautiful carriage. He always held himself very well, you know, Mm -hmm. sitting straight, straight upright at the bar. And I remember him telling me, he said, what you do now, he says, it's very easy. He says, "You, you, you hold your shoulder straight back and you look out straight ahead of you. This was his whole philosophy on getting through life. Yeah, you know, yeah, hold yeah. your shoulders straight back and look out ahead. Of you. There was a certain it, angle kind of that
0: you could take problem. the whole thing at greater ease if you just kind of adjust yeah, the angle it. slightly. That's Kevin, I, on, on that point, I'm going to adjust the angle at which <laughs> I hold myself and face the world differently from now on. But it's been so good to talk to you. I, I think we should probably um, maybe great. pick up at Presatura and go for part two at some point. But um, thanks so much for taking Absolutely. the time, Kevin. Yeah.
3: It's been a pleasure, Don. It's yeah. lovely to hear from you. It's okay, I'm show. going to play
0: you out with Big Ute. Okay. Mammy hot, Fantastic. daddy cool. Thanks again, Kevin.
2: We'll talk soon, Don. The daughters like it hot, deliberate.
5: The daughters like it hot, deliberate.
1: Not to dread, let's go Get hot, deliver.
0: of big youth and that's Mammy Hot Daddy Cool our thanks once more to Kevin Barry for for being our very special guest our first ever special guest here on Make Me an Island we'll be back with more soon until then goodbye now
1: it's Peppa Pot come on come on